Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you, God, for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for all things. And now as we come to look into your word, we ask that you will attune our ears to your voice and that the words that are spoken will fall upon the good soil of our hearts. We thank you even now for your spirit even being here and revealing your truth to us. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brand new series. This series is called Stories, Sharing Your Faith Adventure with Others. I thought it was a very good series for us to jump into after celebrating the uh, resurrection of Jesus last week. I just said this would be a good thing for us to talk about. Have you ever been to a movie and you just really love that movie? None of y'all been to a movie? Oh, I, that's right. All y'all really say. I'm sorry. Have y'all ever went to a restaurant? I changed I just changed I just changed it to a restaurant because everybody likes to eat. Alright? Have y'all ever been to a restaurant and the food was just like really, really good? I mean really, really good. I mean you were sitting there thinking about what you ate at the restaurant and the next time that you was gonna go and you didn't tell nobody else about it, right? That's that's exactly right. You told everybody. You told everybody. I'm not giving nobody no advertisement today, but I'm just saying you told everybody about the restaurant. And you would tell, and they can say, I went to that restaurant, and it's the worst service I had. And they'll tell you all the negative about it. What would you say? I don't know about you. But when I went, this is what happened, right? And this is the same type of thing that we run into with this series. Because when we share our story of what Jesus has done for us, so folks can, can tell you every reason why you should not, but what you can tell them is, I don't know. What you say may be true, but this is what I know. Okay? So this is what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at our story, sharing our faith adventure with others. And this is, again, this is a series that we're going to be in. Now, the one thing that we understand and we know is the fact that evil was defeated when Jesus died on the cross. And so our testimony in him seems to the world to be a signal of defeat. Wait a minute, he died. Right? He got, he got beat down. But the flip side of it was he trusted in the Father, as we talked about last week. His hope was in the Father would do what he said, and he did, which is raise him from the dead. And they actually look at the persecution that's coming against Christians and, and all the things that seem negative, and they actually think that we are on the bad side of things. But I just want, want y'all to re remember, y'all are the ones that have tasted. Y'all are the ones that have experienced and so you know, although they may have went to the restaurant and had a bad experience, the restaurant that you went to provided you with something that you remember, that you had a delight in, and that you would love to go back to again and again and again. And if you had the money, you probably would live there, right? I got we got Yolanda and I have a couple of restaurants that are like that, so. I, I just have to mention half the word and she'd be like, okay, when you want to go. So this episode today, we're going to be talking about 
Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Now, I know none of y'all had this situation. But me, when I was growing up, I was the best son my mom had. I'm lying right now. But I just wanted I just wanted to get that out into the atmosphere. But I'm telling you, that is a total lie. I was a good son, but I was not the best. I did some things that I knew I shouldn't have did. And when I got confronted, I came to a situation where I would say, if I tell the truth, I might not get in trouble. And guess what would happen 90% of the time? I would tell 99% of the truth. <laughs> now, guess what 99% of the truth is? It's still a lie. And guess what my mama would do? She'd pick up on that 1% every time. You lying about something. And so then she would make me go to my room and be in timeout. I'm lying again. All right. <laughs> My mom is here, and so she—if I was wrong, she she took she time out. The only time out she took was when she was resting, because she was getting ready to get me again, because it reminded her, yeah, you did this last time. No, okay, okay, all right. We we talking about testimony today. So to tell the truth, our whole regard, the whole thing of what we should be doing should be based upon truth. Now let's talk about our definitions for today. The first definition that we have is a story. Now a story is nothing more than a connected account or narration of something that happened. That's all a story is. It's a connected account or narration of something that happened. The other definition that I want us to hit today is testimony. A testimony is proof or demonstration of some fact, evidence, piece of evidence, or as actus this, uh, I knew I was going to mess it up. Or you saying that it's the truth. <laughs> At test, I should have asked you to say it to me three or four times. But anyway, yeah, that. All right, so you're just saying the truth. See, I knew she was going to get it right off. All right? So a testimony is you just saying your perception of what it is you've seen. That's all a testimony is. All right, so let's look into some scripture. We're going to go to Revelations, the 12th chapter, starting at that 10th verse. Revelations, the 12th chapter, starting at that 10th verse. I'm in the English Standard Version, and it says it like this. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not themselves, not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you will dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. All right, now let's jump over to Acts, the 26th chapter. This is a little bit longer. But this is, this is, I'll tie it all together in a minute. Acts 26 chapter starting at the ninth verse. Acts the 26 chapter starting at the ninth verse. Acts 26 chapter starting at the ninth verse says this. I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. 
I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet. Why I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that Jesus would suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts in Jesus' name. Now, I said all that to get us to this, that everyone has a story. There's an old school song called Blessed assurance. Some of y'all know that. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. But the chorus says, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day. This is my story. This is my song. Praising the save, my Savior all the day long. And so we see in this how it is very possible for us to be victorious when we understand and communicate our story. That we can overcome because, as it said in Revelations, that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. Not only by the blood of the Lamb, but also by the word of their testimony. So the blood of the lamb was in position and the victory came because they walked in the testimony of what they had gotten from the blood of the lamb. Now what do you get from the blood of the lamb? You, you are freed from the penalty of sin. You are no longer have to accept the punishment for the penalty of sin. Because it's already been paid for. We talked about this last week. The fact that. Don't you think it's strange. To keep paying a bill. 
that's already paid off. But Jesus already paid the bill for the penalty of sin. And so we don't have to walk in the condemnation that comes from the penalty of sin. That could be a part of your story. That you no longer have to walk under the penalty of sin. And somebody was, uh, uh, a story that I ran into says, Have you ever heard the gospel as the missionary of a Chinese national whom he had not seen in his mission before? He said, No. But I have seen it. I know a man who used to be a terror of his neighborhood. He was a bad opium smoker and dangerous as a wild beast. But he became wholly changed when he became a Christian. He is now gentle and good and has left off opium. Your story is not only what you say, but your story is also what you do. Your story is not only what you say, but it's also what you do. There's a, there's a poem that says, I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. I'd rather see you walk the walk instead of talk about the way. And so that is the same mentality that we have to have, that because folks are watching you, that everything you do is telling a story. This is how you share your faith adventure with others by your actions, by your voice. And this is what we want to do. So, I, you know what? I want to, I'm not, today was going to be a very short day. Yolanda paid me a lot of money to, not have to, 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 to let y'all go before noon. Hallelujah. <laughs> but this is what I want to take us to today. To today, because I need to set this up for us to tell your truth. Listen, your story don't have to be about you were down in the gutter, you were on drugs. Your story doesn't have to be any of that, because your story is what your story. And all I want you to do today, the only thing that I want to leave with you today is just tell the truth. You ain't got to make up nothing. You ain't got to say that Jesus did for you and you know he did it for somebody else. Just tell your story. The Bible says it like this. I'm kind of misusing the scripture, but I want you to understand it. It says the truth will make you free. Walking in the truth of your story makes you free. Because when you realize what you were and now what you are becoming, you realize that God is doing something different and new in you. And just like when you went to that restaurant, this is something I should be telling other folks about. And if I don't want to tell them, at least I can show them. Okay. Now what we want to look at is this in the, in the final little bit. I forgot to tell you to bring your pencils and paper because I need you to write something down. Because there's a specific process that you should think about when you are telling your story. When you are telling your story, there are three, and y'all know this is unusual for me. I usually am not a point person, but I want to just kind of walk you through this because it is important for us to tell our story appropriately. Because it's very easy to tell our story and make it sound like we saved ourselves. Yeah, if I told Jesus I wanted to be a part of his crew, so now, you know, it's all good. Me and Jesus all that in the bag of chips. You know what I'm saying? 
But what we want to uh, look at is the first thing that we want to do is we want to express what was your life before your encounter with Jesus? What was your life before you encountered Jesus? As we read in Acts, the 26th chapter, don't worry about going to it. Acts, the 26th chapter, we saw that Paul said, listen, I was killing Christians. I was taking them out. I had commission. I was, man, I was dogging them. I was putting them down. I was getting rid of them. I was doing so well, they were sending me to other places to take care of them Christian folks. The next, the next number, uh, 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 the next point is number two. What did it look like when Jesus transformed your life? What did it look like when Jesus transformed your life? If Paul was standing here today, he said, I was on my way to Damascus. I was getting ready to tear up some more of them Christian folks. And all of a sudden, I saw this bright light, so bright, it was brighter than the sun. It caused me to jump, to fall off of my donkey. And that's when I had my encounter with Jesus. Then the next thing. Is how is Jesus continuing to transform your life? How is Jesus continuing to transform your life? So the first thing is, what was my life like before I encountered Jesus? What did it look like when Jesus transformed my life? And three, how is Jesus continuing to transform my life. If we go through Acts 26 chapter, we see all three aspects of this with Paul. Paul is one of my favorite persons because Paul just kept saying the same thing over and over. They would say, Jesus was all this. He says, all I know is this. I was on my way to Damascus. Light knocked me off my uh, horse, my donkey. I heard a voice. The voice told me to get up. I was blind. I went to the city. Somebody prayed for me. Jesus, uh, Jesus came into my life, got filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all I know. And I've just been preaching ever since. But that don't make sense. All I know is I was on my way to Damascus. He told his story. And in the 26th chapter, he was talking to King Agrippa. And King Agrippa said, Paul, if you read a little bit more, he says, Paul, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Why? Because his story, he was telling the truth. His truth. His truth was that I was totally opposite of a Christian. In fact, I was hunting them down. I was killing them. And God came into my life. And now I'm preaching the gospel not only to the Hebrews, not only to the Jews, but I'm preaching to everybody in this region. And anybody that listens to me, I'll make sure they hear it again. And so this is the mentality that we want to have as we go through this series. That I have a story to tell. It, it, it may not be spectacular considering this, that Hollywood will make a movie out of it, but it's your story nonetheless. Amen. 
It's your transformation. It's your change. Yeah. And when you look at it, you realize, I ain't had nothing to do but get in the car and ride. Jesus said, hey, you want to ride? And you said, oh, I guess I, I don't like where I am. I guess I'll ride with you. And he starts opening up doors. He starts doing things for you. He starts transforming how you think. He starts transforming how you act. He transforms how you interact. And next thing you know, man, I don't know where I was living. I don't know what I was doing. And he has transformed my life. That's where we're going in this series. I want us to grab hold of that my story is very important. That my story is a sign of encouragement for me. I don't. I wish we could take a take a little uh, video thing and plug it into the side of your head and go back to before Jesus years in your life and we'll see. We'll see it in, huh? We'll see it in. We can just put it up on the screen. Be like, this is how you was. <laughs> Alright? And, and listen, some of us may not have been uh, smoking, drinking, chasing after uh, uh, other people, and doing all kind of crazy stuff, but the fact was that we did not have a relationship with God made us deficient. Like I said, I wasn't the best son, I was a good son. But I still had some things that I would do that wasn't, wasn't that got me in a lot of trouble, I'll just say it like that. I still got some... No, I didn't say that. All right. All right. So what happened with me was... Now, listen. I love to read. I've been a reader all my life. And um, my mom, she likes to go to Joanne Fabrics because she likes to sew. Right? And they had this little stand in there with a bunch of comic books in it. I love comic books. So I would go in there, and there were Christian comic books. And I would go in there, and I would grab a couple of comic books, and then I would go sit somewhere and hide so I could read my comic books while Mom was shopping with Grandma. Uh, and so I would read my comic books. And so then Mama bought me these sets. It was called The Bible and Pictures. And it was like another comic book, and I would walk, ride, walk through it and... But I was using it for the wrong intention. I was using it to go argue with my Sunday school teacher. So, I, okay. All right, Mom. Okay, you don't have to agree with that part. All right. But anyway, so um, what happened was one night I had got hold of a track. And I was reading the track, and it said, If you want Jesus, say this prayer. And I was like, Okay, I want Jesus. I was about seven years old. Yeah, I want Jesus. And uh, I read the prayer, and I kid you not, it just felt like I, I felt something was changing in me. But you know what I found out? Accepting Jesus is, is one thing. Walking in Jesus is a totally different thing. And so I, I, got, I accepted Christ in my life when I was seven years old. But I really didn't have anybody that I was willing to listen to to teach me about renewing my mind. So, from 7 all the way up to 19, I, okay, it was, it, was, it was a bumpy road. <laughs> Yolanda and I had our son when we were 17 years old um, in high school. No, we weren't married at the time. Uh, so, once uh, Yolanda 
had, had our son, I said, you know what, I need to take care of my family. I was going to be going to the University of Tennessee to study electrical engineering on a track scholarship. And I said, no, I'm going to go join the Army so that I can take care of my family. Got out of basic training. I told Yolanda. I didn't ask her. I, I said, we're getting married. So she's like, okay. And then we got married. <laughs> now listen, neither one of us was really living any, okay. But I met some men that spoke into my life. And I realized that just accepting Jesus was not enough. That I needed to show my acceptance. And when I started doing that, um, I started changing. I started changing. Now, it, like I said, mine wasn't, you know, I was almost near death or anything like that. That's my story. And let me tell you how, 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 how what happened. I, I love to debate. I call it conversation. I, but I love to debate. So I was actually arguing with a guy about the Bible. Now, I wasn't living nothing about the Bible at the time. But I was, I was eating that boy up so bad. He would say stuff, and I'm like, but this is what the Bible says. He's like, but what about, I said, but this is what the Bible says. And then he said, but what, this is what the Bible says. And then this is what happened. I'm walking back to my car, and God said this to me. He said, you know, it's awful funny, you know, all that Bible, and you ain't living none of it. And I sat in my car, and I just started crying. And, and this was the thing. I was on my way to sing with the men's group at another church. And I'm sitting there crying, and I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Wash me, cleanse me, do whatever you need to do, God. You know, I was just, I was a total mess. Got there, we saw, and uh, I told Yolanda, we got saved, and I got saved, and Yolanda said, all right, I'm going out tonight. All right, love you. That's the Lord. That's our story. That's truly our story. And every night, I would highlight in the Bible what Yolanda's supposed to do and I leave it out and she come in and I, I figured she was reading it because every time I get up in the morning the Bible would be closed so I thought she was reading it. Well you know what I found out she just thought I left the Bible open so she was just closing. She ain't reading nothing to highlight. You know how close to do you. But let me tell you in all that in all that though God has been wondrous to us. He has opened up doors. He has opened up opportunities. He has blessed me uh, to now have uh, just a life that I, I never could have imagined because of what he's done for me. And that's my story. That's my story. And you can say, well, you know, you weren't a drunkard, you know, you weren't a dope, you know, you okay. But I was still in the wrong. And I needed God to work in my life. And so I want you to tell the truth about your story. Tell the truth. It ain't got, like I said, it ain't got to be nothing about Hollywood, you know. I decided to accept Jesus, and all of a sudden, the skies parted, and the angel Gabriel came down himself and said, this is the next person to accept Jesus. No, it wasn't all that. It was just simply, I'm laying in the bed, seven years old, as Jesus in my life. But because I did not renew my mind, I had my son when I was 17 years old. Uh-huh. Among other things. I ain't, gonna, I ain't getting into all my stuff because folks, this is also on live stream, so folks be like, oh, I'm going to write all that down. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> but I was, I was, like I said, I was a good son 
I wasn't the best son. But the worst part was, I thought I was good until God said, you know, it's awful funny. You know, all that Bible, you ain't living none of it. I, I, I can even still feel the feeling I felt that day right now because I was just like, oh man, I'm in trouble. Because I realized that I was not living up to the potential. So that goes into the second phase of salvation. There's a lot of people that accept Christ in their life. But going into the second phase of salvation, which is called sanctification, it is a growing process based upon us renewing our mind. That is also a part of our story. Folks need to know how you have achieved based upon the other side of your interaction with Jesus too. And that's more of them watching you than it is of you telling them. And that's where a lot of us get in trouble because we say stuff, but we're not telling the whole truth. And half the truth is what? A whole lie. So let's tell the truth, let us live the truth, and then the truth will help others to become free because they can see that God is doing a good thing in their lives. Now, if you have not accepted Jesus into your life as of yet, this is a complication. Because that means you're still under the penalty of sin. That means you are still under the control of the enemy. And we would love nothing more for you today to accept what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says it like this. It says in Romans the 10th chapter, the 9th verse, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The word saved means rescued and delivered. And he is rescuing you from the penalty of sin because the Bible says this. It says the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we want you to today to choose life. Yes. And if you have not, please consider today as that opportunity for you to choose life. Now, you don't have to be here in South Carolina, wherever you are, wherever you're watching us from. Right where you are at this present moment is the time for you to accept then if you drop a couple more verses down from that Romans 10 and 9, it says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, delivered. You shall be rescued. It's not a complicated thing. We want you to get from being under the penalty of sin, under uh, the uh, guilty of sin, and to walk in what God has for you so that you can have a story to tell because someone needs to hear your story. Amen. But the key for you to get your story is to accept Christ in your life. If you made that decision today, we would love to assist you. We would love to help you. We would love to walk alongside you. And let us know that you've made that acceptance. Just email us at info at godshousecc.com. We will give you some information. We will tell you, assist you, whatever you need in order to fulfill all that God has for your life. And we are just going to celebrate with you of this decision so that you can begin to tell your story.
All right? All right. Well, I just want to remind everybody about this. That this is our brand new series called Stories. And it's all about us sharing our faith adventure with others. And our first episode has been, Don't Tell the Truth. Tell the Truth. So until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.